Sam Darnold finds Denzel Mims in practice, and it's not virtual, folks. It's real, real football footage. Darnold uses protection. Bradley McDougald meets with the media today, Friday. And how does he fit into Greg Williams' system? Sable Radio, a lot here, a lot of news to cover as training camp gets closer and baseball's about to shut down, which is a disaster if you're a Jets fan, if you're a football fan, because you're praying for the best, but you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Um, this week, player availability, Bradley McDougald, well, Sam Darnold, Adam Gase earlier in the week, uh, Bradley McDougald and Steve McClendon today, and... Yeah, Darnold finds Denzel Mims on the nine route. And it's not virtual. It's actual football footage. It's 13 seconds. And to a Jets fan, it's pure bliss. And it's that simple. The comments are hilarious, as as usual. Um, not safe for work, the, the gifs or gifs, I think it's gifs now, even though it began as gifs, um, gif is peanut butter to me. So we'll go with that for the rest of this, uh, podcast episode gif. They're hilarious as usual. Fans are just craving football and then that's the success to the NFL. Is it, is it not? They leave you wanting more all the time. It's why the sport of baseball is declining. And the NFL is number one by far. It's why their ratings are head and shoulders above every other league. Because 16 games, uh, very little footage, it always leaves you wanting more. It's an event. Every game is an event. Every 13-second clip is a party, especially during this offseason of uncertainty with COVID. And there, it was just a simple... Go route to Mims. Mims, used to the go route with Baylor in the Big 12. Uh, that's the question. You know, Joe Blewett, he said it. I think he said it first, but I had the same idea. He reminds us of A.J. Green. He's got the feet. He's got the uh, go up and get it at the highest point. Contested catchability. He's got every talent that you want your top receiver to have. The only question is, can he conform to the NFL right away or will it take a year? Can he read defenses? Can he run an entire route tree? Now he doesn't have to run the entire route tree to find success. I mean, some guys never did, you know, Calvin Johnson for one, but you know, Randy Moss, Randy Moss wasn't the best route runner, but he needs to have it between the ears. And without having that extra work during this pandemic, that's the question. Can he read defenses? Can he adjust? Um, we'll find out. But Darnold, you know, this kid, he will not be confused with Joe Namath. I don't care what he does as a Jet. He will not be confused with Joe Namath for one main reason. In speaking to the media earlier in the week, it was boring Sam Darnold. He labeled himself boring. He said, all I'm going to do is go to my apartment uh, go to practice and that's it. No Hoboken, 
nowhere else. The girls are going to be incredibly depressed this season if the season kicks off because Sam Darnold is just going to do that Netflix thing, apartment, football, and nothing else. And courtesy of Josh Bellamy, we also saw he wears protection as well. You want to see how? Hey, man. But you look good in that thing. What? Get your mask on. Stay safe. Put your mask on. Stay safe, man. Hey, I'm just putting me in the back. Put me in the back, Sam. I'm going to ride with you at the parade. Josh Bellamy and company riding Darnold for putting, for the people not on YouTube, it's a video of Darnold in his truck uh, putting a mask on. I don't know if he was getting out of the truck or going in. I hope he was getting out. No, no reason to wear a mask while you're driving, Sam. But, and I, I know you're from California, but still, I hope he was getting out, going to the facility. Josh Bellamy ribbing him a little bit. Other people in the background laughing. He's not Joe Namath. Can you imagine Joe Namath doing this? I mean, he of course he would if he had to, but you get the idea. Joe Namath, the, the famed bachelor with the nightlife, just trying to get by, playing pool, uh, gallivanting with the ladies. That's not going to be Sam Darnold in 2020, folks. He, I mean, at least that's what he says. It's apartment, it's Florham Park, and that's it. Quickly, we'll hit on Jamal Adams' first media appearance in Seattle. And the highlight, he plans to retire in Seattle after being non-committal initially. That's the headline. His The plan is to retire in Seattle. Obviously, this, this gives Jets fans pause. It forces them to raise eyebrows, understandably. And he also pertaining to Le'Veon Bell, said it's nothing but love. Quote, it's nothing but love for Le'Veon, man. Adam said on SportsCenter, and he did appear on SportsCenter after meeting with the Seattle media uh, a couple days ago, or yesterday, I forget which day it was, Wednesday or Thursday. I really do wish him well, end quote. Quote, everybody has an opinion about certain things. That's just the nature of the beast, Adams added. I had to do what was right for my family and I. And hey, man, no love lost for anybody over there. Like I said, man, due to COVID and what we're going through with the pandemic, hopefully we can make it to week 14, because if we do, it's going to be a good one. I'll just put it like that. I mean, it's more the same from the guy. Seattle will not be his last team. It's just that simple. And Le'Veon hasn't responded. Um, Bell or Adams said he prayed to God that God would deliver him to the right situation in the NFL. Uh, he said he actually had tears of joy upon hearing that he was traded to Seattle. And on the last podcast, we documented all this, how this happened, how he's followed his, uh, idols path. It's very empty, shallow, uh, in the way he thinks, you know, Seattle has been a great organization for the last better part of the last decade. There's no question about it. But when it comes to fulfillment, it doesn't matter where you are. It matters what you do. And I think he'll come to realize that eventually. Uh, speaking of what you do, Nick Mangold, upon hearing Jamal wants to retire in Seattle, offered up a classic tweet. Kevin Malone of The Office, basically just a gif, not a gif, a gif of Kevin Malone laughing with Nick Mangold quote tweeting New York Post tweet 
saying Jamal Adams says he wants to retire a Seahawk. And that's Nick Mangold. Uh, That's what makes Nick Mangold so loved by the Jets fan base. Quote, I'm here to stay and I'm excited to be a Seattle Seahawk, Adams said on Zoom call with the Seahawks beat. Um, I mean, what can you say? It's time. It's gotten to that point. It's now a week later, six days later. Uh, NBA started yesterday. Hockey is coming. Is it coming tonight or tomorrow? The Rangers are tomorrow. Adams is in Seattle. McDougal had his first media conference, to, uh, media Zoom call today. It's done. The story has been told and everyone's moving on. McDougal. McDougald literally got off the phone a couple hours ago. Um, it was at 12 or, or 1. He and Steve McClendon. And basically, he's excited to welcome a new opportunity. He was very honest. He was actually eating dinner with his family when Seahawks GM John Schneider called him. And initially, he thought he did something wrong. Uh, he's like, how, how often do you speak to the GM? So... He thought he did something wrong. Uh, Then at first he was kind of upset, but then quickly turned it around and realized it's an opportunity for him. Another opportunity for him as a veteran in this league. Quote, at first I was kind of stroke. I was kind of struck. I felt abandoned. Like they had just kicked me out. Like they didn't care about me or value me there. But then I started to think about how much of a blessing this was. And another opportunity to impress. I had no time to feel sorry for myself or focus on anything negative other than just come in into a new program, earn my respect from the players and coaches, and go out there and be the best me in New York, McDougal said, end quote. And that's kind of how he's carved out a career in the NFL. Undrafted free agent coming in with Kansas City, latches on with Tampa as a special teams player, Starts to impress, becomes a starter after working hard. Didn't happen right away. Signs on with Seattle, plays the last uh, few years in Seattle as the starter. Quote, it was almost like a voice echoed in my head. And he continued to speak for two more minutes. And all I heard in my mind was Jets, 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 McDougal told reporters. End quote. And he's just an honest kid. That. I don't know if you can call him a kid. He's 29. He's just an honest player. He's an honest athlete. That could be a positive for the Jets locker room. Um, unlike Adams, who is overly honest, to be honest, in a lot of ways. I mean, you could argue he made a lot of stuff up to get out of, get out of town and, and bolt, but still, he's overly honest to a fault. Like when the Jets lose... He's the worst person to be around. He just, everything that comes off him exudes from his personality when they lose. It doesn't help matters. The other highlight with McDougal is he did, he has spoken to Greg Williams already. How he describes Greg Williams is as follows, intense. The quote, the first conversation was intense. He's an intense coach. He forms his defense around his players. And that's the key. And that is why Jets fans today, Adam Gase, is a big topic because this quote has led Jets fans to love Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, 
and hate Adam Gase because the thought process is Greg Williams does his best to conform around his, his players while Gase does not. I don't think that's true. Uh, for example, Le'Veon Bell, everyone says, oh, Gase doesn't use Le'Veon Bell. When I ask, how does he not use Le'Veon Bell to the best of his abilities? There's no answer. No one could answer that question. Le'Veon Bell's not an outside-the-tackle runner. The Jets didn't run outside often. Bell excels when the running play is a patient running play, when it's a counter, a misdirection, a draw. The Jets ran a lot of counters last year. They, even though Gase is a zone-blocking scheme, he mixed in gap principles for Bell. And Bell could run out of both, make no mistake. But you know, having the 31st-ranked offensive line in the league, I don't think anyone has any idea if Gase could conform around his players. I mean, what do you do for an offensive line that's just talentless? Any suggestions? So I think you got to give it another season to see what Becton, McGovern, and this line could do to afford Gase the opportunity to succeed or fail. Um, In terms of Greg Williams, McDougald's absolutely correct. Greg Williams formed an identity around Adams, May, and Brian Poole last year that started to take hold around week 8, week 9, week 10, week 11. That was really something special. You know, heavy DB blitzing because they didn't have the four-man conventional rush. Uh, Hybrid zones. Uh, Tampa 2 with Brian Poole taking the whole zone. Um, Disguise zones against young quarterbacks where it would look like a cover zero look. And then suddenly it's it's a three cloud or a Tampa 2 with Poole, like I said, in the hole. Or a traditional Tampa 2 with Hewitt in the hole. That's what Greg Williams does. Now... With McDougald in and Jamal out, make no mistake about it, this defense will take a hit and it will be a very different defense. First, though, McDougald is very aware he can't replace Jamal. Quote, or he's making sure the attention isn't there. He's trying to make sure the attention isn't, hey, McDougald has to be as good as Jamal. Quote, I can't be Jamal. I'm not the same person as Jamal. The only thing I could do is show up every day and be the best Bradley McDougald, and hopefully that wins my coaches, my players, and the fans over, end quote. And that's the key, right? Um, on the call, a couple call-outs, he thinks he's a good tackler. He takes pride in his versatility. He thinks he's good in man coverage, especially on the tight end. He's already taken, ex- uh, he's already taken um, issue with some people saying that he's not a good tackler from Jets X factor. We don't, we think he's a good tackler, especially against the pass when a catch is made. It's his run support game. That's not that great as a strong safety in the NFL run support in the box, run support off the edge, run support when filling a gap in between the tackles. That's where the defense will be drastically different. And, This is how we'll wrap up the podcast, breaking down a little bit of film and discussing how different it's going to be because, you know, Greg Williams has a lot to deal with here in front of him. Here's an example, Seattle, San Fran, uh, first and 10, San Fran, you know, Kyle Shanahan with that offensive line, 
great running attack. And there's McDougald. You'll see at the top. I'll highlight him for the people on YouTube. He's right here. This is not what you want to see out of your strong safety. If you're going to play edge run support, he's on a strong side. Diagnosis it, diagnosis it, diagnosis. Now right here, he has to squeeze this down. I know Juszczyk is a Pro Bowl fullback, but right here, the pitch has already been made. Right here, recognizing it, he has to squeeze, he has edge run support. He has to squeeze it down, take on that fullback with his inside shoulder. Don't wait. Waiting here is killer. It's killer, especially if this if the line gets to the second level of Seattle's defense, which they do. So he's got to squeeze it down, take it on with the inside shoulder, and meet check in the backfield. Don't wait for the fullback to get to you. Attack that blocker and try to destroy it and blow it up in the backfield. Inside shoulder, squeeze it, and force the running back to make a decision. He sees the mass right here. Does he take time to bounce it out? Or does he take time to cut it back inside where other people are going to be? His responsibility is to take it out with the inside shoulder, blow it up, and make sure he doesn't. the running back doesn't get outside of him. And if he does, make sure you slow down his path to the outside. But watch what McDougal does. Diagnoses it, diagnoses it, diagnoses it, and he waits way too long. Right here. He doesn't punch. He doesn't play it aggressively. Adams would punch it. Adams wouldn't be here. Adams would be here, would have already punched it and knocked and tried to knock the fullback backwards. But he waits, allows himself to get engaged, arms outside, and just completely dominated in the run game. Uh, Big run play on the pitch for the Niners. From the end zone view, you'll, you'll have a better idea here. See, he's already defeated. I mean, he could rebound here and capitalize if he really punches it and squeezes it, but he doesn't do that at all. He just... He waits for the fullback to come and watch him get pushed back, pushed back three yards, four yards. That's just, that's going to be a major difference between Adams and McDougald in 2020. Not enough resistance, completely pushed back. Another example here against the Niners, first and 10. Uh, McDougal, McDougal, there he is right there. Misdirection completely botches his edge responsibility not a big play because the backside chases it down but there's mcdougald on the right side allows the receiver to get outside of him which is a huge mistake he's thinking he's thinking the the play is going the other way thinking the play is going to the field side he's on the boundary side use check motion to the field side comes back around Line provides the misdirection and McDougald can't get caught inside. He gets caught inside. It's lazy. He doesn't sniff it out. And the receiver, I think it's Debo Samuel, seals him off. That doesn't happen to Jamal Adams. It just doesn't. And the Seahawks are lucky. If that backside defender doesn't chase down the running back, it's a huge play. Still, it's a five or six yard play. Final run support example, again, the Niners. End around with use check, blocking. 
if you didn't check it on this, if you didn't see McDougald on this angle, you'll see here on the right side. There he is on one of the tight ends. Looks to be man up pre-snap in the box on the edge. Again, caught inside. Can't do this especially can't do this when the crack is coming from the receiver. Your head has to be on a, sw- on a swivel. You have to have the sense that if that crack is coming, you know the play is coming that way. Uh, an offense would never run a crack if the play is going opposite field of where you're at as a strong safety. The crack is only coming if it's a misdirection of some sort and the play is eventually coming your way. And McDougal gets just completely mixed up in the middle. Receiver doesn't even have to block him. The crack doesn't even get there because he he dives so far down. And it's just right here. He needs to be here to force it back inside. And it's just not there. So the awareness, the overall sense in the run support game is what's troubling. And this is what's going to lead to um, a completely different defense. Instead of... Jamal playing low and May playing high where it was very rigid. Jamal was a strong safety. May was a free safety, single high. Jamal would roam, play everywhere, anywhere he wanted. Edge, linebacker, on the slot, on the tight end. Now the two safeties are going to be very interchangeable. McDougald and May are going to be interchangeable. We might see May drop down a lot. We might see McDougald play single high and may be the strong safety at times. You know, McDougald did that a lot in Seattle. Seattle is a strict cover three team, but it's not as though McDougald always played strong safety in the box. He often would play the single high while the other safety played in the box. They would also play too deep, um, you know, too deep pre-snap with a with the strong safety McDougald dropping down in a buzz or a sky or robber or what have you. But... That's what's going to be different about this defense. The safeties will be interchangeable. The linebackers will have to do a lot more in run support. And with Mosley and Avery Williamson coming back, that should be huge because Jamal Adams did a lot in run support. And Brian Poole is the X factor. Like McDougald and May could be interchangeable, so could Poole and McDougald. Remember, Poole played strong safety in Atlanta for a few games for a stretch when they had injuries. Poole's skill set, might be better served as a strong safety in this league instead of a nickel corner. Now, I wouldn't trust McDougald on any receiver in man coverage, but the fact that his man coverage is so good for a strong safety gives Greg Williams options. Poole and McDougald could be interchangeable in a lot of ways as well. So if you're in a nickel and you have May single high, deep, you know, three deep look, you could have pool on one side in the box or on the slot and McDougal on the other side in the box or on the slot. And a lot of different concepts could be born from those two guys. You know, pool could blitz a lot more this year with McDougal dropping back, playing man, playing zone. McDougal could line up on the slot as long as it's a heavy pressure look or as long as it's a zone, you know, man coverage on the slot. Again, not what you want to see from McDougal. But that's the big difference. The team run support game, the linebackers, the D-line has to be ramped up because Jamal Adams isn't there. 
and the interchangeability of May, McDougald, and then Poole and McDougald is what Greg Williams is going to focus on. You could do a lot of stuff out of that. Uh, a couple plays showing McDougald's ceiling. There he is circled in the slot on a tight end. That's just excellent man coverage. And that's what you want to see. Excellent man coverage. Inside arm, swats down, tugging at the back with this with his outside arm a little bit. Could have been called, played it smart. Good man coverage from a strong safety. While he's one of the worst run support strong safeties in the league, he's also one of the best man cover strong safeties in the league, which makes this defense very interesting. There he's at the bottom against the Vikes. It's a blitz. He does not get fooled by the play action. Gets the quarterback hit. Uh, How much he blitzes this year in Greg Williams' defense should be interesting. Here against the Cowboys... Again, matched up on the tight end. Is it man? Yes, it's man. Squares him up. Two hands on. Stride for stride. Excellent job. Watch it one more time. Straight up. It's just textbook man coverage. Against the Niners. There he is, circled in the in the box. Drops to a curl flat and comes up and makes the tackle. He's a good tackler. He really is a good tackler. He's just not great in the box from a run support um, perspective. But in, in terms of tackling in the open field, he's a good tackler. Here looks to be a cover three. Curl flat, comes up, makes the tackle. Against the Eagles and Carson Wentz, he's in a linebacker spot. Good run support there. Head, you want to see the head on the other side. But kind of an awkward angle the way he attacked it. Um, Avoids the block. Good tackle. Probably for a one-yard loss. So, all in all, it should be interesting. Again, hey, hopefully there's a season. That's the main thing. But if there is, but if there is, Greg Williams will have an interesting... Uh, defense on his hands because of McDougald. He's not a traditional strong safety. He's a man coverage, uh, who strong safety who could play deep. He could he he prides himself on versatility. Yes, he could play in the box as well. But right now, it, it, there's more film to look at. He's not one of the better run support strong safeties in the league, which makes it interesting with Poole and Marcus May. Um, so there you have it for the news this week. A little bit of film on McDougald. Check out JetsXFactor.com. Blewett's going to have a a huge McDougald film review coming. The app is live on both Apple and Android. Uh, JetX Shop is live. We're going to have some Denzel Mims and Darnold shirts coming out soon. And uh, until next time, Sabo Radio.